Hi, I'm Mike Sklenz, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, episode 144, I've Seen Some Badass Canes. we got three segments for you this week. First up, Neil and Zach discuss Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D. After that, Aaron has an interview with Yacht Club Games, makers of The Amazing Shovel Knight. And then finally, Dan has another installment of his quiz show. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to another Game of the Week segment uh, with me, Neil Ronahan, and my cohort, Zach Miller. Oh! I guess uh, you could say for the purposes of this segment that Zach is my Diddy Kong, or Aww. my Dixie Kong, or my Cranky Kong, depending on the level and how I feel. I think it's probably just Cranky Kong, generally. Yeah. yeah, do you do you have a cane that you, like, beat kids with? You know, I've always wanted a cane. I mean, I've seen some badass canes in my day. I know, me too. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I can go for that. Maybe I'll just do that when I'm older, just for the hell of it. Hell yeah! I mean, at, at, at this point, I mean, I'm in my mid twenties, but I'm probably gonna have white hair <laughs> by the time I'm in my early thirties. So maybe I can just rock the cane when I'm thirty five. Hell something. yeah! Now I'm not gonna dye my hair. I'm gonna own it. I'm hoping to get cane. Reed, I'm hoping to get the Reed Richard Reed Richards, uh, like the uh, the grade temples. Oh, like that, okay. <laughs> yeah, that'd be ideal. Or uh, as Lauren likes to say, Mister Sheffield from the nanny. Nice. Um, if you got both of those references to both Ray Richards and Mr. Sheffield from the Nanny, bravo! You're you're a rare breed. Yes, indeed. Um, so we're gonna talk about Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D. Uh, this is kind of an audible, as you heard last week. <laughs> we're talk about Guacamelee or Kid Icarus Uprising, and those will be talked about soon in the ensuing yes. weeks. But uh, Zach's been playing some Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D because of it was a Club Nintendo reward. It was a Platinum uh, reward, yes. It was a Platinum one. It was probably, I, I think it was the best value. Maybe I guess. the only best value, yes. Yeah, well, because I think it's Donkey Kong Country Returns is still 35 I think Game & Wario is 40 Maybe it got dropped down to 30 on the eShop. I'm not sure. But nobody I wants still I still need to get mine. Uh, and when I get mine, it will be Game & Wario. And oh. I can say this, uh, like the Pictionary game was pretty cool. Um, All right. I can already I can already tell you what my thoughts on Game of Wario are. Is that I'll probably play the Pictionary game because it was pretty cool, and it was free. Yeah. Um. So Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D is actually you have been playing it and you've had some massive beef with this game. Yeah, I've um never gone from enjoying a game to fucking hating it. Uh, now, like I have with this game, like it starts out so great. You know, I, first off, I should say. I have some history with it. I played the Wii game when it first came out. Uh, our site gave it rave review. Uh, sites around the internet gave it rave reviews. Uh, but the waggle, the wiggling the remote to do stuff. Wiggle waggle. Yeah, wiggled it. <laughs> um, just drove me insane, and I didn't even get through the second world. I was like, this is fucking crazy. Especially See, my... the temple stuff. Like, you need yeah. precision with the temple shit. Yeah, I mean, that was... I don't know if it was the motion stuff that really held me back from that game. It might have, but when I got it on the Wii version, I think it was it was a money thing that that was like the game that came out that year that I was kind of like, I can hold off a little bit. Yeah. I wound up getting it like January the year after it came out. Yeah. So like two months later. And I, I like played through like half of it and kind of enjoyed it and then just kind of fell by the wayside. I didn't actually beat it until I reviewed the 3DS version last year. And I think I gave the 3DS version an 8.5. But I was super high on the game. Um, I, I think it's a fantastic platformer, although 
Uh, I don't think either the Wii or the 3DS version is the definitive version because the Wii version has the bullshit waggle. Yep. And the 3DS one has some like frame rate drops, and I don't like the controls. In the 3DS yeah, me neither. It's like I like the button scheme of the control pad, but I like but using I, the circle pad more. Yep, you can't swap yep. them between them. Yeah, which they kind of corrected in Tropical Freeze, which was nice, where you oh, can actually, nice. you can like, you know, minutely change it if you want to. So you could do what was ostensibly like the circle pad control scheme in you know, in, in Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D, but then use it with the D-pad oh, or that's vice nice. versa. See, and, um, and I'm going to say kind of a, a superficial thing, like you go back and look at the Prime games, and you know that Retro can do, like, the best-looking games on GameCube and Wii, honestly. Yeah. And then you look at Donkey Kong Country Returns, it looks terrible by comparison. Like, well, I mean, on the, on the Wii, it looked No, fantastic. even on the Wii, all the textures looked really flat. All the colors were just kind of there. There were no no I textures at vibrant. all. And, I, and I, I feel like it was, a, it was a game that I remember when the 3DS got announced that I was like, the backgrounds on that game would look fucking sweet. And they actually and, do. The backgrounds and they look do. great <laughs> in 3D. That was when I heard that they were remaking it for 3DS. I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. That is, a, that is like what... It's kind of like Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D came out, and then what I wanted out of a platformer like that was delivered a year later in Kirby Trouble Deluxe. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. You know, because, I tried I mean, to get the Best Buy deal on that, but uh, both stores didn't have either game I wanted. Uh, but Triple Triple Deluxe is fantastic. I know. I want it. Uh, side note. Uh, so, yeah, Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D. I think you're crazy. I think it's a very fine game. Well, here's um, what drives me. Here's Let me tell you what drives me nuts about it. Sure. It's not a Donkey Kong Country game. I mean, I'm just going to put that out there. In Donkey Kong Country... <laughs> how is that a uh, bad thing? Those games kind of suck. No, no. Yeah, click Like, how right everyone's there. like, Sonic was never good. I would argue that some of the Donkey Kong Country games were never that good. I think the first two are really, really good. The third one has its moments. If I had to rank them, it would be two far in advance. I, I, I would rank uh, DKC2. For, yep. in a way, the best version of that that trilogy, and then with one and three far behind. Although I think I think that one gets overrated, and I think three gets underrated a little bit. Like yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think they're total dog shit. I just think <laughs> that they are those three Donkey Kong Country games were were important, and that they helped Nintendo win over the Genesis and the Super Nintendo era. Definitely, uh, but they are style over substance. I know, but I mean, uh, I mean, they are. Uh, I have problems with the pre-rendered backgrounds, um, with the platforming. But yeah. look, the Donkey Kong Country games, especially one or two, were exploratory platformers. Like you could take your time. You were encouraged to go off the beaten path and find shit. Um, and that's that's funny because that sounds exactly like how I played Donkey Kong Country Returns. No, see, that's not how it is. Like half of the levels in this game are forced scrolling. You're either being chased by something, or the waves are going to hit you, or you're on a minecart or a rocket barrel, or you start out platforming and now we're gonna it's a minecart level all of a sudden, or you know lava is rising and you have or you're being chased by spiders. The Chase Price Spiders level. level was the worst fucking level in the Aww. entire game. I hate that fucking level. Um, it's a very it's a very intense level, but I really like that one. Dude, it's impossible even, even to the get... The, it's the impossible. waves crashing. That's just such a fucking good moment. In any of these 
forced scrolling levels, it's impossible to get all the pickups in one try. Like, you have yeah. to get a puzzle piece, fucking die, start again, get the next puzzle piece, fucking die, well, maybe go again. Well, maybe get better at the game then now. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> I, I, do, might I do think... I do think, like, uh, with the puzzle pieces especially, I, I think that it's almost hearkening back to the old games and that there's, like, too much bullshit to collect. Like, yeah, I like, really... I, I like how the Mario games have kind of evolved into this, or maybe devolved, depending on how you want to look at it, where it's just like, hey, in each stage, there's going to be three things. Maybe yes. there's a fourth in some games. And, like, that that's is it. Nice. And And that's, like, I... I really enjoy that in playing, you know, whether it's New Super Mario Brothers, you or 3D World or 3D Land, yeah. you know, hey, there's going to be three coins that you need to find in World. Yep. Okay, we got some stamps, too. I agree. That's um, great. I mean, that is a it is. I enjoy that. And the levels are brief enough that if you have to go back, you know, yep. it's not a big deal. Like, I remember and you're not dying playing... every five seconds because you're getting slammed yeah. by a friggin lava tube. Yeah, I mean, it is a very challenging game. I think it's probably one of the harder platformers, you know, released in the past couple of years, not it by is, an indie but studio. To me, it goes <clears> beyond, <throat> I mean, to me, I've always said there's a difference between frustrating and challenging. And, like, Runner 2 is, like, a perfect challenging game. Like, every time you lose, it's because you you didn't time it just right or you press the wrong button for the wrong, you know, dodge move. But in Donkey Kong Country Returns, I feel like you get past one obstacle and then the game just throws some random surprise shit at you. Like, oh, this platform you landed on was destroyed. You should remember that next time. It's yeah, like, I mean, they do have some things bullshit. like... Like, I was replaying um, some of the... Did you unlock the last world, by the way? The one with the new levels? I'm almost there. Okay, because those are... I played a bunch of stages from that uh, when we determined that we were going to talk about this. And I did notice that there were a couple parts there where it's just like, oh, hey, if you hesitate for like a second, you, you're dead. There's I'm going to enjoy that. Um, but like those are also, it's like you can kind of read the environment around you. And yes, you do need to make a snap judgment, but, you know, you, you move on past that. And most of the time, I emphasize on most, that when you do have those quick moving sequences, you're usually not missing stuff that you could have like explored around that area to find Sometimes you might miss it and you like see that there and realize, all right, I'm going to have to go back. Right. Um, but I do like those. And I like the rocket barrel levels as well. Um, I, I found them really touchy. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the point because it is this like, you know, you're a monkey on a fucking barrel with a rocket boot. <laughs> like, why would that control fine? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I just think some of the things they make you do or like when that giant bat is chasing you, spitting out echolocation beams. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really close together and, and it's really, it doesn't, uh, go well. It doesn't with mess the, around. Ah, exactly. I mean, I got through that level. I got the puzzle pieces. It took me probably an hour, but you know, whatever I, the, I, I here's the point. Like, so are you, are I you, am still playing this game every day. You're I'm just getting, really pissed I'm, off. I'm <laughs> making progress in it and I've actually gotten to the factory level. Which, I'm at the end of the factory level, which I really genuinely enjoy. Like, there's some really cool platforming, uh, you know, things in that level. And I wish more of the game were like that. But so much of the game is like, oh, my God, press jump now or you're going to fucking die. Yes, I mean, you're not wrong. 
I just came away a lot more positive on this game. I know. I I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a consequence of yeah. me both playing it all the time and also getting every fucking thing. Yeah, I mean that this is one of those games like uh at least the original Yoshi's Island and I guess New Island to an extent, although although I I oddly wound up being one of the more positive people in Yoshi's New Island, which I was kinda of surprised. I want to about. play that game, I do. It's not bad. Like not great. But both those and the Donkey Kong Country games, they have a lot of shit to collect. Yeah. And if you get completionist about if you get really completionist about it, you're either gonna love the game because that opens it up in ways that you can dream of before, or you're gonna really start to turn negatively on that. And that's kind of what killed it for me with Yoshi's Island DS. Was that that yeah. was a game that the levels were so goddamn long yeah. that if I didn't collect everything, I would just get really frustrated because I'd want to go back and one hundred percent it, but I'd just get annoyed. Yeah. And that's what I noticed with Yoshi's New Island that I think I liked a little bit more is that the, the stages at least were easier to move through. Maybe they were still a little too long, but it was easier to be like, all right, you know, I got to get all the coins. Let's go. Or right. I got to, you know, go out with all the stars. That's actually um, one of the uh, the few criticisms that I have of the original Yoshi's Island. The levels are really fucking long. Yeah. And you don't let, let's say you get all the flowers uh, or, you know, you get four flowers and, uh, it doesn't save all your flowers. You have to get a yeah. hundred in one go. Yep, which and, is which uh, is challenging. And I mean, that's for some. That's that's part of the experience of playing Yoshi's Island. For other people like me, I don't think I'm ever going to replay the original Yoshi's Island because uh, I think I've talked about this before. But I have a, a friend growing up who's basically the the guy who kind of got me way into video games. I would play Yoshi's Island with him, and he was very very good at the game, far better than I will ever be. And he would always one hundred percent it. So it instilled me this desire, this like necessity that like you're not playing the game unless you 100 percent it. Yeah. So whenever I go back to replay Yoshi's Island, it's just me playing like the first two worlds and beating my head against the door, trying to 100 percent everything because I'm like I haven't beaten the world unless everything's 100 percent. Yep, yep. And especially, it, it kind of varies. especially with the Game Boy Advance version, you get stuff if you 100 percent a level. Yeah. Well, and that that was the same same was true in the original. Oh, that's true. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I think there might be more. In the, I've never actually played there is the there there version. actually is more. You get another bonus stage. Um, okay. Yeah, but which is I, really fucking hard. <laughs> I always have that moment in most platformers and I guess games in general that I'll be very completionist up until a point. And for yeah. Donkey Kong Country, I think I stopped giving a shit about the puzzle pieces at one point because I realized I think you just need to get the Kong letters to unlock every stage, and I think the puzzle pieces are yeah, tied to I like that's true character art and stuff. And actually, um, I mean, let's be honest, the character art's just not that great this time around. Yeah, especially because it's compressed on a 3DS. I mean, yeah. I, I don't even think, like, I, I would still go through it if I saw a puzzle piece, I'd get it. But I didn't beat myself up over collecting all the puzzle pieces, but I would make sure I got the Kong letters. And those yeah, are usually a little more out in the open. Yeah, I, maybe I should do that. Because the, like, the, the, there are two temple stages in particular that was that were giving me aneurysms. It's the lava one and the one where you're, you're uh, both in barrel cannons the whole time and on bouncy tires trying to avoid. Oh, okay. God damn it, those are levels suck if you're trying to get all the, all the shit. Well, the good thing with that is that you don't need to get all the puzzle pieces in one run. True, but then you have to replay the level. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah. And I think you need to, yeah, you need to finish the level to get all the puzzle pieces. Yeah. Save. You do. You that's that's see. true. I found out that the hard way. I was like, well, I missed the first puzzle piece in one level, got it, quit out. Oh, shit. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean that's that's I feel like that that might be a 
way to better enjoy this game is just focus on getting the Kong letters instead of the puzzle pieces, and it might be so, a little less frustrating for you. Well, so let me ask you this. In Tropical Freeze, uh, are there as many forced scrolling react really stupid quickly you are stages? asking the wrong person i have oh. played about two worlds tropical freeze okay um and that was back in february i've been uh, this this conversation might be enough to get me motivation to go back and play it i intend to i know i will it's just a matter of when yeah um i'm too busy playing rogue legacy right now what is that game it's really fucking good you should get it um and i believe that when we talked about game of the weeks uh someone on twitter tweeted at me saying we should talk about Rogue Legacy. So let me oh, nice. let me take up a minute of your time and explain to you Rogue Legacy. Uh, did you ever play Spelunky? No. Um, it's sort of like... But I know what it is. It's like a Spelunky with more progression. And that oh, okay. the, the way it works is that uh, the, the conceit of the game is that you are playing like, you know, like a family line. So you start off as one character and when that character dies, then you get to pick between three, like, you know, uh, heirs, you know, like sons Infinity and daughters. Blade or whatever. Yeah, like that, actually. Um, you can pick between three different characters that are, you know, the next in line for that character. And they'll have different traits. Like, they'll, they'll be a different class. They'll have, you know, a different body type. And then they'll have all these other traits. Like, uh, one of them is nearsightedness. So... <laughs> You can't you can't see things far away, so it's like fuzzy around there, or like nostalgic, and everything will be in black and white. Oh, that's um, funny. One is uh, like, and they do have like the I think it's like the actual medical term or made up medical medical term for a lot of these. Um, you you can have irritable bowel syndrome where your character <laughs> will fart a lot. Nice. Uh, you can have one that you have to play the game upside down. Uh, oh wow! Which I think is just like when your character is like vertigo or something. Well, what is and, like, this the, for? Uh, the for systems, yeah, it's uh it's been on PC for a year. You can probably get it pretty cheap. It just came out on PS4, PS3, and Vita. I'll probably get it on Vita. Um, yeah, and it's cross buy across. Nice. I've been, playing, I've been playing it primarily on Vita. I played a little bit on PS4. Cool. Um, but so so it sounds you, a little like that Tim Schafer game from not too long ago. Hack and slash, or I don't no, know. No, the one where you're a bunch Broken of different Age? characters and Broken Age. Yeah, no, fuck. I don't remember the, the cave. Name of the, game. the cave. Yeah, so it, yeah, is, the cave. it is not like the cave. Um, so then the way it works is that, you know, you're always playing one of those characters, and when you die, then you play, you get to pick between three more characters and go back in. And you're going through this castle that randomly generates um, okay. 2D side scroller. And the castle is always kind of set up in the same way, and that you'll enter it, that'll be the same room that you enter in. And then you start going through it, and you'll have an area that's a castle. Uh, to the right of that, you'll have a forest. To the top of that, it's like, I don't know, other two other places. I've only gotten to the forest. I've only gotten... You could theoretically go to any area of the castle, but you don't really want to, because the other two areas are... Um, I think they're supposed to take place after you beat the oh. forest boss. So okay. you basically go through this area and you need to beat a boss in each of the four areas and then you can go to the final area or something like that. I don't know. I haven't gotten there. Um, and as you die, or as you as you go through the stages, you collect gold. And when you die, then you can use that gold to upgrade your character. So it could unlock a new class. Oh. It could unlock a new ability. You can find new weapons. Uh, so it's a roguelike, but you're not starting from zero every time. Yeah. The one thing is, is that you can't, like, farm gold across generations. It's basically, Use you know... Use it to lose you, it? 
Yeah. Um, you play as a character, and when you die, you use the gold that you accrued to upgrade your character. If you can't do anything with that gold, then you have to give it up. Um, nice. There are some abilities that you can get where you don't give up as much. Okay. But that's like you save 10% of your total. So hmm. if you have 200 gold, you're only getting 20 back. Um, oh, okay. But, I mean, it's just like... the. It's nice because when I play Spelunky, it's a game that I love and I think it's brilliant, but I'm really fucking terrible at it. I think <laughs> I've seen, there's like four areas and I've seen the third area like twice. Um, whereas this one, even though I'm still pretty terrible at it, my character's improving and like I can, you know, go around and mess shit up in the, the castle area and I'm starting to do really well in the forest. I'm, I'm nice. a little thwarted on the boss. I think I'm going to mess around with, uh, see what's the best way to attack him. Like with the hmm. best ability, um, because then you have like different like Castlevania like sub weapons as well. Oh, nice! But it that is, sounds it fun. Is, it is a fantastic game. I can't recommend it enough. It's I've been playing it till three in the morning for the past two nights. Oh, okay. Huh. Um, but yeah, that's Rogue Legacy. <laughs> nice I like little it. tangent there. Uh, but Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D. Uh, I still think it's a great game. I. And I think um, I think I think you would think it is too. You're just denying it because you're frustrated. <laughs> uh, you know, but I never felt this way about Runner Two. Like I always fucking love Runner Two. Well, that's because Runner Two is a ten out of ten. <laughs> Runner Two is my game Where, of twenty thirteen. Whereas, whereas Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D is like eh, like a nine. <laughs> maybe maybe an eight five. I think that is exactly what I gave it about a yeah. year ago. Maybe I'll have better feelings about it once I beat it and have put it down for a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I think those games are really good. They're not my, they're not my favorite platformers of all time or anything, but I think that they are very well made games. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah. So, nope. let's do something fun and give away uh -oh. a code for Guacamelee. If oh you, shit! If you're listening this far. Um. I would Send like... in the correct spellings without checking the internet of these five dinosaur names. No, probably <laughs> not. Um, it's going to tie into Donkey Kong, and then you can get yourself... Uh, we, we're going to be giving away one code for Guacamelee here. Uh, we still have other ones. We'll probably be giving them out in other fashions. Um, I want to hear. I want to have people email in to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com um, and... Uh, come up with a really dumb Donkey Kong character. So the <laughs> rules are... Uh, Keep in mind, Lanky Kong's already taken. <laughs> uh, if you do it too obscene, we're probably not going to read it. Um, unless you like cross the line and then cross it so far. But no, don't do that. We're not going to read it. Does it have um, to be a Kong, or can it be just a character in the Donkey Kong No, that, that, no. Okay, here's a stipulation. It needs to end in Kong. So, like, okay. if you were to say Funky Kong, first off, that Kong exists. Or Candy Kong, or Tiny Kong, or Lanky Kong, or Chunky Kong. Um, or Kitty Kong. Yeah, Kitty Kong. Or... Cranky. Cranky. Pixie Diddy. Uh, the, who's the woman? The old one. The old lady. Oh, God. Um, I don't know. But, yeah. Wrinkle, with, wrinkly Kong. Yeah, Wrinkly Kong. Um, so, come up with with your own Kong character and you can you can give give this character a backstory or whatever uh we'll read <laughs> some of the especially dumb ones on a 
on a segment to be determined later, and uh, we'll give you a code uh, to people who write in. Well, I'm just going to basically use a random number generator, and for all the people who write in by, I don't know, when's this going to go up? Saturday or something? Saturday, Saturday, uh, By the Sunday. time we record a segment, so probably next ah. Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, so get get your uh, get your emails in. Um, for sure, it will be done. Uh, there is no way in hell you're getting a code if you email past like August sixth. But yeah. if you do it before then, you're probably good. You're probably eligible. We we would like to announce it on the air. Yes, live to us. And it is it is in case you need convincing, an excellent game. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of the Guacamelee. Uh, we will be talking about it soon. Yes. So enjoy that. Uh, also, if you want to play some Kidagurus Uprising online with us, uh, oh, stay yeah. tuned to my Twitter, at Enron10. Uh, we're going to be playing some Kidagurus Uprising live, and then we are going to talk about that damn game. Because uh, I, I want to go back and play that damn game. Me too. Because, you know what, there's, the, a new, there's a new Sakurai game coming out pretty soon, and I love that man. So. Now, now, that, now that I have my sexy... CirclePad Pro XL. I can read. Oh, yeah, I can start yeah. to play it again. I'm gonna be playing it like a like well, I, like a right-handed buffoon, um, which oh. is weird because I thought that game would be unplayable for me, but then I because I, I was playing it with the CirclePad on my my regular ass 3DS, and what actually I can tell you the distinct moment in which I stopped using the CirclePad and just kind of dealt with playing it right-handed. Yeah. Um, was. I was uh, playing in a tournament at PAX East 2012, <laughs> and I left my like I I think I like I think Lauren was like playing a board game with some people, and I went off to the tournament, and I left my bag with her, and it had my circle pad in it. Oh. So I was playing in this tournament right-handed, and uh, just was like, well, I guess I need to learn. And <laughs> I did all right. I like made it. I made it two rounds in or something. I didn't win, but uh, one of the guys who was hanging out, a uh, Pandaradox. Um, oh yeah, he's a you know friend friend of the show. Uh, he yeah. ended up winning that tournament. Nice. Uh, and uh, yeah, so since then I've almost by necessity now because I have a 3ds XL and no Circle Pad Pro XL. Um, but yeah. What did he win? Uh, I think he won a signed copy of the game. Uh, Pandaradox, tweet at me at, at <laughs> Ron Ten and tell me what you want. I think he won like a signed copy of. Kidacris Uprising, and that might have been it, which seems That's dumb. Still kind of awesome. Like, if you're in that tournament and you win it, you probably own the fucking game. Well, yes, but what you're but, getting yeah, is yeah, Sakurai's a, autograph. Yeah, it's a signed copy or something like that. They might have gotten some cards, because the, the, the AR cards were a big big item of currency for about a year that's, and a half. At like right. every Nintendo event, it would be like, hey, did you play Super Mario 3D World? Yeah. Here's a pack of Kidakura's cards. I'm going to have a 3D. What the fuck? Um, yeah. Uh, Got to cut this off now. All right. Thanks for listening. And uh, talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.
Okay, hey, this is Aaron Brown with Nintendo World Report. I'm here with David and Ian from Yacht Club Games. We're going to talk about some Shovel Knight. Um, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Um, great, yeah, we're just doing lots of uh, patches for the game and release it, doing updates and uh, I you know, trying to get it out internationally and lots of that kind of I thought if Shovel Knight was done, that we would be able to relax and maybe, like, gather our thoughts a little bit. But instead, things are busier than ever. So, yeah, we're doing all that stuff, um, just making sure that we can keep the energy going um, in terms of, like, getting it out to everyone and making sure that it's perfect. Right, yeah, I was going to ask about that, but uh, it seems like you guys jumped the gun. You guys seem, like, still amped and still, like, riding the wave, um, which is awesome. So, um, so as far as development-wise, um, for the levels, uh, you want to explain the, the brainstorming process that went behind it because they they feel so lovingly crafted. Oh uh, yeah, sure. I mean, um, some of our Kickstarter backers actually got to sit in on this process since um, we had a we had a, a certain reward tier where you could join in on a design hangouts, and we had like a big whiteboard, and we just uh, went through the whole process as I'll detail right now. Um, we usually start with with the theme of the stage um, is like the strongest driving thing, and that's usually already derived from the theme of the, the character. So it's like, okay, Treasure Knight is a is a greedy person who lead, who uh, like has a submarine and is probably like underwater based. So we're looking at like an underwater stage um, that maybe maybe that means like mobility that slows the player down. Maybe that means like sometimes you're just like on the seabed, but other times you're in like a mechanical like a submarine or something like that to help balance the fact that he's like a, a diver and also like a treasure hunter. Um, and from there, we usually sit around uh, like the uh, the group gets together in front of a whiteboard or just with a notepad of paper, and we just start listing out ideas. So it's like, what if there's like seaweed that obscures the play field, so you have to cut it? What if there's uh, you know a scary angler fish that mimics something Shovel Knight looks for? What if there's anchors that fall or missiles that shoot? And we kind of just go through and just like spitball uh, many, many, many ideas, and then we cut it down to the nice NES number of like seven major ideas or four major ideas, and try to uh, expand on it. Um, usually, we're looking for something like a mechanic that can be used in a few different ways. So in the the example of the seaweed, uh, like covering the playfield, that like that works for a single screen, but there's only so much we can do to like expand upon it, like screen after screen after screen. So we usually try to stick with something that can get a lot of reuse or a lot of like combinations and things like that. Yeah, and it's finding the right like the things that can go together like well, right? It's like well, maybe the seaweed is like a cool idea on its own, but like the seaweed doesn't work with like an enemy. So, like, we can't get, like, two out of ideas out of, like, a combination. So it's, like, figuring out those right thing, the right things that work together well, too. Yeah, and then we start, yeah, we honing it into, uh, like, we do know, we've made levels before, so we know, like, some big things that we're looking for. A good example is, it's like, oh, an anglerfish, that'd be great. How about use the mid-boss? Like, that's the big enemy you fight, like, the griffin or something like that. Um, instead of making him just, like, a random enemy, he could be, like, a big event. Or, um, like, we know we want, like, two or three mobility things that, like, platforms that move in surprising ways or ways that test the player's mobility. So we ended up with, like, the falling anchors and the torpedoes and things like that. Um, so it's kind of like we spitball a lot of ideas, and then we try to hone them into the slots, so to speak, for uh, what we expect out of a level, which is platforming challenges, combat challenges, and things uh, like slight tweaks to mobility. Right on. Um 
So I guess, what about the characters? Same question for the characters, since they're so full of personality, and then you got the Travel King. How'd you come up with those guys? Well, uh, <laughs> it's, it's sort of all over the place. Like, in yeah. terms of the bosses, uh, they were usually derived based on the stage theme. So we said, like, we want a lava theme, we want a, like, a regal, like, castle theme. Uh, and then, like, then it was spitballing, like, name ideas for, like, what would fit in that, that theme. Gotcha. Right. For the longest time, Plague Knight was actually called Dyna Knight, uh, both for that lovely dynamite uh, style name uh, play on words, and also because we wanted a character that was like explosives and explosions. But instead, he ended up more as like a plague doctor and alchemy. But the the core gameplay, which was explosions, still managed to uh, survive through. Uh, yes. However. As far as, like, villagers, like, NPCs, like, Travel King, all of those have their, like, they have their own unique origin story, whether it's a, a joke that went on far too long inside the, uh, like, the Yacht Club Games uh, chat room, or, uh, like, a funny idea somebody scrawled on a napkin at a convention. Um, nice. They kind of all, they all kind of collaborated together in weird and odd ways. Nice. I like it. So, um... In the end, which character do you think changed the most from start to finish? Hmm. Well, uh, Shield Knight is a good example of, like, a radical change, I would say. Uh, but it was, like, pretty sudden, so it's, like, a weird start to finish might not be the best uh, descriptor for that. But Shield Knight originally started off as, like, your typical MacGuffin princess. Uh she was like basically we didn't have a plan for her. It okay. was like we you know, we knew we wanted to have that same like rest the damsel in distress format that everyone lo- is so loving so much these days. <laughs> uh but like that was like a key part of like what made those eighties games, right? Mm-hmm. So we wanted to, like, do that. And then, you know, once once we had laid that down as an idea that we wanted to do, we said, hey, like, that, like, princess way of doing it is, like, sort of out of date, right? Like, let, like how can we modernize it a little bit? So, like, the same way we did with everything in the game. It's, like, how can we make it, like, more appealing to today's gamers and, like, in, in that way? So Still maintaining so, the heritage. Of- right, while still maintaining, like, Actually, like, like we know, we think damsel in distress is a good idea. Like, it does work. Obviously, it worked because, like, we love those games, right? But like, how do we find a way to like make it appealing and make it so it's like not sexist and not dumb, and like show show the merits of that idea? Like, that's like almost the theme of Shovel Knight is like showing what the merits are of these like '80s ideas and like why we shouldn't abandon some of them. Yeah, so in the case specifically, uh, yeah, it started off as um, a princess, and we never, like, at one point, we never had a design for the princess that we were happy with. We had, like, maybe something pixel scrawled out, maybe, like, a few couple, like, sketches designed, but at no point did did it ever feel like that was actually a character. We're like, oh, yeah, like, we should probably, like, figure that part out. Um, And then a little bit into development, we realized, like, we have all these knights, like, why why isn't the uh, the person in this, like, why isn't the person in this role also a knight? And then we started, uh, like, well, what kind of knight would she be? Like, would she be, like, a cool archer knight or, like, a wizard or, like, something like that? And uh, 
we ended up with Shield Night just uh, being a fun idea that we started, like, embellishing more and more. Um, and it wasn't until, um, well, I don't want to spoil the end of the game, but as we, as that character grew into that role, we were able to find uh, more and more areas where that character made sense and where they could actually shine. So we were able to bring them a lot more closer to the forefront. And hopefully we can continue to do that in, like, future works. We can, uh, like, explore these characters that maybe uh, were more of a side role in this project. Yeah, it's definitely working out so far. <laughs> so, um, was there, was there anything that you guys had to cut from the game that you would like to have included, or maybe be patched in at a later time? I mean, the funny thing about this one is, I mean, I've worked on a lot of games where things were cut, and usually the that um, the guillotine comes down due to time or um, like financial constraints. But for us, I don't think we encountered that too much on this project. We, when we had an idea, we we stuck with it and like let it simmer and like in terms of the team thinking about it until we all thought it was a great idea and went all in on it. Um, so there wasn't any stage that was thrown out. There weren't any concepts that we just decided. I mean, there were like uh, there were lists of things on a bulletin board or like on a marker board that we didn't follow up on. Just like all those level ideas we were talking about. But we never had a character working in the game or like a system that we decided to act on this one. We kind of yeah, it was like nothing major. It was like oh, like a joke or two that we missed, right? Or you know, like oh, like I guess we shouldn't have like fifteen levels because like we're gonna kill ourselves by doing fifteen. Let's do fourteen levels instead. Like let's take out the casino night zone. Uh, Didn't wasn't something that happened. Um, And I think that's because we built this game from the ground up. We took the core mechanics and we kept adding to it when we thought it was a really good idea, as opposed to committing to a lot of like really big ideas and trying to like hone them into a game. Um, so I think that's one of the natural reasons we came across that. But now that we're approaching updates and new content, like we're definitely like the gears are turning again. So we have a lot new, we have a lot of new ideas and it would be great to expand on all of them. Right. Totally. So as everyone should already know about Shovel Knight, it's inspirations. You know, have uh, people have pointed out like Zelda 2, Mega Man, DuckTales, and so forth. Um, were there any less obvious titles that contributed to the design that people might not know about? This one's always uh, that's tricky because I don't think there were a lot of games that we were secretly trying to slot in there. It wasn't like, oh yeah, like. Yeah, let's make a boss that's like a callback to Snake Rattle and Roll. This will be great. Um, <laughs> right. like, we never made like explicit choices like that. I think instead, um, what happened was we all played these games before, and we've all played different ones. Like I've played Codename Viper and Digger T Rock, and a lot of like weird NES games that maybe is wasn't in your library or was in your library. Um, and we all, rather than like coming up with a list of references, we all just had a distilled idea of what we remember generally playing on the NES, which is like, oh yeah, like characters, like if a character needed to appear in, they would probably look like this, or if a sound effect for like a charging enemy would probably sound something like this. Um, so rather than calling back to specific things, it was more like a general, um, I guess, like subconscious for what we thought about NES at the time. Um, but D'Angelo, maybe you have something super cool that you put in. Well, yeah, no, I mean, there really weren't, there weren't any times where we were going, like, saying, like, what should we add from this game, right? Right. Like, even when, I mean, really the only time that I think that happened was the very birth of the idea 
like saying like Zelda 2's down thrust is cool. How can we make a whole game out of that? Yes. Like that was really the only instance of it. But but we did have things that were like like hey, we want to make a level map a, a world map because like world maps are like really common in NES games and really cool. Like what like how can we make it make it even cooler, right? Or make it like really fun like NES games. And then we might look at like 50 NES world map games and go like, hey, Super Mario 3 had like a really awesome world map. <laughs> like how can we, like how can we, what was special about that world map? And like how can we find like ways to make it like Shovel Knight like? Right. The funny thing about it though is even with that in mind, um, without trying to like call, uh, recall specific games too hard, um, it, we accidentally stumbled across that for a lot of people. And maybe that's because the NES had a common design language or a common set of expectations. My favorite is uh, we were at Comic, uh, no, not Indicate, showing off the King Knight stage. And King Knight has an attack where bugles come out of the side and they shoot confetti that falls down in like a, a light floaty pattern that could possibly hit the player. Um, and one person who was attending Indicate said, oh my God, you guys play Crystalis, right? And I'm like, wait, it's like, yeah, I played that on like, uh, Game Boy Color, but it's like, uh, you'd have to talk with, like, D'Angelo. And they uh, they went over to David, and they're like, you played Chrysalis. I know it, because that confetti pattern is totally the same pattern that one of the bosses used with a leaf attack. And, <laughs> and, I, and yeah, I was like, yeah, I totally played that game, and it was amazing. But I, I know I, like, and that's, like, typical. Like, I mean, there's just so many elements. Like, when you're making, when you're building out of these, like, simple constructs, right, I think you're naturally going to bump into these other games that were built out of similar constructs. Like, you know, when you're, it's so simple, you can only do so many things to an extent. And it's like you end up reminding people of the things they love. Right. Yeah. It seems like you guys just took like a old, like grandma's old stew recipe, just mix it up. And it's just like, right. just like you always remembered. And it's like, I mean, we're building an NES medieval game, right? And that's gonna remind you of Zelda, and it's gonna remind, and it's gonna remind you of Fat Xanadu. And it's like, were we pulling from those? Like, not really, but, but, like, that's what it is. Yeah, awesome. So, um, I guess going back to, you said the, the core idea, the Zelda 2 down thrust, um, what was the original elevator pitch that you guys envisioned, you know, as it being your first project? Um, I mean, the original pitch when we were embellishing it as a team was, what if there was a game where you were a, a knight who could flip enemies into the air uh, so that they, like, they you flip them upside down, and then you can finish them off with a down thrust attack. So there's, like, a one-two mechanic of flipping and uh, and defeating them with an aerial attack. Um, that was pretty much what we went on for a lot, uh, for like the base of it. So it's like, it would be platformer focused. It wouldn't be, um, it would have, since the game would have a combat, like, uh, emphasis to it, we didn't want to have weird Mario, like, we didn't want Mario style, um, momentum. We wanted to be like a controllable character because jumping and hitting characters is difficult enough. Um, and from there, we started making levels, we started making bosses and started honing in, uh, what we were looking for. Right. Yeah, and I think like the uh, the the want to do that was like based on we were making we all came from way forward and we were making remakes and re and new games and series like Contra Four and uh, Double Dragon Neon 
like games that were based on these NES classics, right? And like and modernizing them, but in a different sense. Like we were modernizing them with new graphics and with new gameplay and that kind of thing. And we were think I think we were all sort of like wanting to really go back and and make like what if we made one of those games instead. Of what you know, what instead of like, what if we recreated a new modern entry in the franchise? What if we instead like made the original franchise? <laughs> yeah, right. you guys basically did that clearly. <laughs> um, and you know, the reaction to the game has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, so, when did you guys realize that you had something special on your hands? Uh, I mean, the first time for me, I mean, it's probably different for everyone at Yacht Club, but uh, the first time for me is just, like, when we showed the game at PAX uh, during our Kickstarter, and it was just, like, overwhelming how much it, like, blew people's minds, which is weird to think about. Like, when we went to PAX with an NES game, it's like, oh, no one's going to pay attention to this when you have, like the biggest AAA, like, crazy graphics thing next next to your booth, right? It's like, who will, who, who's going to care? But, like, people were so in love with it. And it was it just surprised me so much. Yeah, I would say PAX was definitely the turning point. Just being, I mean, we received great support during the first week of our Kickstarter, for sure. Like, a lot of people rallying, a lot of people really saying, like, oh, this looks great. But being able to meet people in person... Um, both people that have been following the project and they're like, yeah, like I'm on board since day one. And the guy who's like, hey, I just walked by and I think Hobble Knight is a cool game. And it's like, oh, it's called Shovel Knight. He's like, yeah, okay, great. Anyway, <laughs> I can't wait to play it. Yeah, it just, I mean, having people in the flesh just makes it feel that much more real, right? Yeah. Um, so that was when, I mean, but that was like the first step. That was like, oh, like, you know, some people like this. Maybe the Kickstarter will go okay and we can make this game. And like some people will think it's pretty neat. Um, but I, I guess rather than being surprised at any one major point, I've been continuously surprised just at the level of support, the level of like love that I've seen just for Shovel Knight in general, just seeing like fan art, Neverse posts or the, uh, the occasional email, like every day I'm continuously surprised. Right. That's got to feel amazing. Um, so giving the resounding success, like you guys planning on doing a Shovel Knight 2 dig deeper or like what, what <laughs> you, you guys said you guys um, were doing a lot following up post release getting it and uh, other territories and stuff you just want to elaborate on yeah. the plans I mean we have we have a lot of Shovel Knight 1 left to do still um, but some of those are kind of like they would be like we're going to release um, additional playable characters like playable King Knight Spectre Knight Plague Knight and so those are going to kind of be similar to, like, Sonic and Knuckles style, where you could run through the campaign as a different character with slightly uh, tweaked mobility. We have four-player battle mode coming up, and we have gender swap mode, which will uh, allow us to, like, have a bit more fun with the script and characters and sort of, like, uh, put them under a different lens. Um, and that's going to probably keep us busy for a good while. I would love to do another Shovel Knight, like, to approach it again and kind of, like, hone in where we're going. But... Um, Maybe we like we could make the jump to 16-bit and make like Super Shovel Knight, where it's like a little bit more complicated than it needs to be, but also like kind of nice and like from a combat perspective. We could make the long jump to Shovel Knight 64 and make it all mobility based. Um, I guess we have a lot of ideas like that, but 
nothing will then, approach Yeah, that. I mean, it, we'll, we'll, we'll be making Shovel Knight 1 for the next year, so, I mean, this discussion is going to be happening right. after <laughs> after we finish that. I imagine and, Ben will be sick of Shovel Knight, though. Okay. Yeah, I, I would imagine we'll be making some, like, crazy, like... I don't know, like simulation game <laughs> instead. A, a garden oh, simulator. A, <laughs> right. With a real shovel. To buck expectations though, I would say Shovel Knight Two, he should get the cloud shovel, which allows him to dig into the sky. Oh my gosh. Just, just to like, <laughs> turn everything on its head. Nice. So guy just got a couple more. Uh what the heck's up with butt mode? How did that come about? Uh butt mode was a so we had all these stretch goals, right? And we kept hitting him, and we kept hitting him, and we we were running out of ideas for, like, what to add in the game. And we were thinking, like, we can't add anymore. We're going to, like, go, we're going to be making Shovel Knight for the next decade if we keep adding stretch goals, right? Battle mode. Battle, yeah, battle mode is, like, a huge feature, which will take forever to make. Like, we can, and we can't make something better than that. So this was right. all on the last, like, two days of our campaign. It's like, okay, battle mode was reached, like... Update the image and put a big, like, celebration thing, but we're done. Like, we can't add any more content. But we were also just about to hit uh, the record button on a 24-hour live stream for a celebration where the develop, like, we were all at Sean's place. We were all ready to be up for the next 24 hours to, like, to dance in front of the camera and answer everyone's questions as much as possible. And one of the questions that kept coming up was, hey, what's the stretch goal after battle mode? Like, like why should I pledge more? Is, like, something cool happening? And during a moment of delirium, uh, Sean just said, the next stretch goal is butt mode. And someone's like, what? Like, could you tell me about butt mode? He's like, it's butt mode. You guys don't know what butt mode is, and you won't know if we don't reach it. And, <laughs> and so, like, throughout the night, this got a little worse because people kept asking, like, I can't wait. I'm excited for butt mode. And someone's like, I bet butt mode is going to be the best ever. Um, and so we just, like, silently, uh, at one point, Sean said, well, if we reach, like, 310,000, then butt mode will be unlocked. And so we eventually reached that, and everyone's like, wow, everyone thanks. Like, I can't believe we did it. Butt mode has been achieved. And we signed off for the night without anyone really knowing what that actually meant. <laughs> yeah, and over the course of the year, we kept getting, like, tweets or whatever, like, when is butt mode coming? Like, what is butt mode? I want to know what butt mode is, right? We're like, I have no clue what butt mode is. <laughs> um, so then one day, I think, I think the idea was, like, joked about, like, oh, maybe, like, we can do something funny with the text. But um, one time, like a few months ago, we uh, came into work one day and there was a message in the chat uh, channel from from David that said, hey, guys, update the, the game. Butt mode is in. And we're like, what? And so we just like booted it up and kind of like walked around and we saw modern day butt mode. <laughs> and we all loved it so much that we decided to keep it. And that is a good story. So I guess I, I don't know why anyone wouldn't have played this yet, but in two words, what makes Shovel Knight so great to you? In two words? In two words. You have two words. Good fun. I would say fun love. <laughs> Good fun love. But mode is fun love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, to expand on what David said, like, we wanted a game that could be immediately picked up and played, that you could, like, understand it if you saw it. Um, and I think we put a lot of love and attention into a lot of surprising areas throughout the game. Yeah, I'll have to agree with that. It, it works super well, and, you know, as I said before, and as you guys obviously know, it's been a success. You know, everyone loves it, so I just thank you guys for taking the time out. 
answering these questions, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the more content that's on its way. Oh, of course. I mean, thank you for reaching out for coverage. The game, like, no matter what we did here, if people didn't know about it or didn't even, like, think to give it a look, then all of this would have been for nothing. So I really appreciate just, like, staying in contact and letting us do interviews like this. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Uh, Thank you. But, yeah, we're, uh, like, I I can't believe just the level of support we're getting. I can't believe that everyone likes it uh, or that even, like, some people don't like it. I can believe that. Uh, (laughs) But it's been truly great. So we're just hoping that we can keep the, uh, I don't know, continue to delight and impress everyone with new content and, and just everything we can do. Follow it up, essentially. Sounds like a plan. Everybody and welcome to this quiz and this one is for May, June and July so there's a lot to talk about and luckily you have two people to talk about it a lot which are Alex Kulafi Hello and Addison Webb Howdy How did you get back in here? I told you to go away if you can better defend an argument I think you should change this to Nintendo Trivia versus Addison Fair enough. I think that's a very good idea, actually. I will think about it later when I'm in bed. Um, we have, as usual, we have four rounds. Uh, we start with a news round. Then we have a music round, which is all about E3 history. Well, also recent history, but also older history. At least up until the early 2000s, let's say that. Um, then we have a sort of recap round from E3 2014. And then we have Defend the Indefensible, which nobody will look forward to, but I will. <laughs> uh, let's get started, shall we? So the first round is the news round, 15 questions, and that has to be really spread out, about three months. So hopefully I did a good job with this. If not, I'm sorry, I guess? Uh, I so guess. we just shout out the answer if we know it? Yeah, heck yeah, yeah you do. Okay, cool. It's it's straightforward as that. Which big title got revealed at the start of May? How big? 
uh, Pokemon Ruby, Omega Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Addison. My opponent's favorite game's remake. Favorite Pokemon game. I am game. ashamed. Are, 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 you, are you looking forward to it, Alex? You know, uh, I don't like the X and Y engine very much. I think that it's uh, that half 2D, half 3D stuff isn't yeah, so right. great. And I don't like how the game runs kind of crappy when it's in mm. battles. But at the same time, Ruby and Sapphire are indeed my favorite games uh, in the Pokemon series. So, you know what? If they have confidence that they can make a better version, I'll play it. We'll see what happens. I will play it either way. So, but there you go. Um, number two. Nintendo apologized for the lack of something in a certain title. Which title and what exactly? A Tomodachi Life and the lack of... The ability for users to have same-sex marriages. That's correct, yeah. Number three. Nintendo announced this accessory to be used for Super Smash Bros. on Wii U. GameCube, GameCube controller, controller and GameCube adapter for yeah, the GameCube go. controller. Power glove. <laughs> the, power, the power glove would be amazing, but no. Um, number four. Mario Kart 8 is getting DLC from which car manufacturer? Mercedes-Benz. Edison gets the point because it's Mercedes-Benz. Okay. You forgot the Benz part. Um, Naturally, sales for the Wii U skyrocketed after the Mario Kart launch. Um, In the UK, this became rather an infamous percentage. You you can both take a wild guess. 400, was it? No, no, no. One at a time, Alex. I said twelve hundred percent. I said four. Four. Yes, four hundred. Okay. Oh, what fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's it was six hundred sixty-six. Ah. <laughs> I am getting wrecked. <laughs> yes, you are. The last two system updates of for Wii U added these two rather interesting features. The quick start. Quick start is one point, and then and the a later one. System? That was part of the quick quick start menu. Yeah. Um, but the update thereafter added something else to it. Hmm. It was very recent. Fairly recent. I I don't think I know. Okay. Do you know Edison? Thinking. Um. I'm, gonna call I'm sure it. I'm going to know it when you say it, but... I yeah. It. Wii U to Wii U transfer. Oh, well, that's useless, pretty much, so... That's well, not... It, yeah. It's, it's, it's still pretty significant in a way from why would you add this, but there you go. It's still... Whatever. Someone needs it. Yeah. It was discovered why Iwata wasn't able to end E3 in other meetings. What was his issue? He needed surgery. For what exactly? That's another point, though, so... Hmm. Back? No. Colon. For, for is a bile duct. That should totally be like one and a half for me. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. System you, of organs. You 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 get a half point, Alex. Cool. But don't do this every single time. <laughs> uh, or else with a lung show. Maybe. Um. 
Pokemon is coming to concert halls as this tour was nor was announced for North America. What's the name of that tour? Pokemon Orchestrated. Gotta no, play them all. Pokemon Orchestrated was like uh, the title of a fan-made album, but that's not the thing that I'm searching for. I bought that fan-made album. It was a good fan-made album. Yeah, it sounded um, legit. Yeah, it, it was Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, have that. The Game Bakers did something with Squid's Odyssey, which is rather unique in general, and it was only done in Europe. What was that exactly? Crossbow. Uh, cross I think Alex was a bit quicker on that. Just a sec. Just a tad. Uh, these two Kirby Triple Deluxe mini games got a separate release in Japan. Kirby Fighters. Mm hmm. And. The DDD Drum one. Yeah, DDD Drum Dash. Drum Dash. Very well. The latest trailer of Super Smash Bros. for Wii U and Nintendo 3DS announced these three characters. Robin, Lucina, and Captain Falcon. That's three points all at once. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, number 12. And this is a rather large entailing one. Name me every single gold and platinum award for North America for 2014. Game Wario, Donkey Kong Country Returns. No, no, 3D. don't go that fast. Don't go that fast. I, I have to keep tally count. So, Game and Wario. Balloon Donkey Fight. Kong Donkey Kong Country. Mario what? Land 2. Wario Mar Land 2. Zelda uh, 2. No, don't go that fast. I need, still need to write down so Donkey Kong. So, how about this? It's, you said Balloon Fighter, Mario Land 2. I said Game and Wario. Donkey Kong Country Returns I, 3D. I, those two, those two, I know you said. And I also said Wario Land 2. And then you said Zelda, Zelda 2. 2. Yes. So, are, are all yeah. three of those right for both sides? Z Zelda 2, I only have to check. Yeah. Zelda 2 is cor correct. No balloon fight. Alright, um, so who, Kid Icarus. who got what? Kid Icarus. Okay, cool. Um, Dr. Luigi. Dr. Luigi, yeah. NES Remix. Donkey Kong 3. NES Remix. Donkey Kong 3, let me quickly... Yeah, that's correct, yep. Fluidity Spin Cycle. Yep. Is that everything? Let me see... No, that's uh, not everything yet. Let me think. One of these was um, only just like a year ago released on the Virtual Console. Dylan's Rolling Western? Dylan's Rolling Western is indeed in the list. Yes. Earthbound, Earthbound. is what you're describing. Yeah, yeah. that was Earthbound. Uh, let's see. This This game features mini toys. Pokemon Rumble? No. It's on the 3DS. Oh, oh are you talking about Mario the one Minis. that's on Club Nintendo? Mario vs. Donkey Kong Minis yeah. March Again. No, that's not the one I'm searching for. Oh. Minis on the Move. Minis on the yeah. Move, that's the one I'm searching for. And it was the end, it was not Versus. Okay. Um, I think that uh, that is all of them, well done. Who, how, um, just out of curiosity, out of that specific list, who got more? Uh, I believe you got one more than Anderson. So it was like nine to eight or whatever? 
Actually, no, yeah. it would have been... Yeah, 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 16 total. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Um, the next one. Which Nintendo title was delayed for Europe until 2015? Captain, Captain Toad, Toad Treasure, Treasure Tracker. Tracker. Okay, you were both at the same time. It gives you both a point. That was way too at the same point. That's, that was even scary. <laughs> that, was, that was super scary. Um, number 14. Curve Studios is bringing this title exclusively to the Wii U for now. Stealth Inc. 2. That is correct. And the final question of this list is, this title will be coming to Japan on the 27th of September. Hyrule Warriors? That's in August. Ah. Bayonetta 2? It, did you say what platform it's on? It's on it's on Wii U. Mm. Oh oh wait no I was thinking Smash Bros for 3DS but even that's uh that's 3DS. The, 3DS that's earlier so yeah I wouldn't even have counted for that date. Um I think I'm gonna call it then if nobody's gonna get it. Oh it, it, the title was only like uh, announced recently. Oh uh I know Fatal Frame. Uh, which number? Five? Yeah. Cool. At the end of the first round, in which all the questions were answered for once, I'm super happy about that. Um, Alex got 70, 17 points and a half, and Edison got 14. I'm a comeback kid. You are indeed a comeback kid. We'll move on to round two. Which is, of course, the music. the music round and this is all about E3's musical history we're gonna listen to music from trailers um, we have two packs each has six songs um, and the first one is for Edison he chose pack one uh, we're gonna to listen to that and when we get back we're going to guess all of these great songs
on a quest over land and sea through a vivid world of adventure unlike anything you've ever seen before. back from pack one and Edison did you recognize any of them name the you have to name the game and the year so good luck year of the trailer or game again just to be sure the, the year when the trailer was shown in that that music was in yeah okay, okay. um so I heard Donkey Kong Country returns that is incorrect Ooh. Oh, is that Jungle Beat? You are only allowed to guess once. That's <laughs> incorrect. Can I guess the year then? Go ahead. Um, two thousand and six. Again, incorrect. Um, Do I get to guess that one now? No. Yes, first has to go for his list first. Ah, I heard the Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker. E, that's correct. From which in which year? 2002. Also correct. Um, I heard New Super Mario. That is incorrect. Uh, um, that's all I had. Okay. Okay, Alex, it's your turn. The Donkey Kong one, yeah. uh, which I can... I think I guessed based on hearing multiple Kongs and like a little uh, ice sound, mm -hmm. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze mm -hmm. from the 2013 E3. That is correct. Uh, the Mario one, it kind of sounded space-like, so I think it must have been in the last few years one of the Galaxy games, and if it is, I'm going to guess Super Mario Galaxy 1 mm -hmm. from 2000. Seven. You got the first one right, the second one wrong. It was 2006 from the initial Wii reveal. Now, the last one, mm -hmm. I also... I know the series. The, the final, final one was Wii Fit. I have to... You. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's incorrect. <laughs> Unfortunate. I tried to save it at the last second. Yep. Yeah, you, you did a terrible job at it. Well, can I at least guess the year? Uh, 2012. No. Ooh. No. The first one, uh, which nobody guessed, was Golden Sun Dark Dawn in 2010. The second one was Stunk Country Tropical Freeze in 2013. Uh, the third one was Platoon in 2014. Uh, the fourth one was indeed The Wind Waker in 2002. 2006 was Super Mario Galaxy, and from 2009 was Vivid Plus. Oh, that, that's the weird in-between one. Yep. Okay. 
the twenty dollar upgrade. Yeah. So we move on to pack two, which is the pack from Mr. Kolafi. back from pack 2 and I think Alex got a pretty good pack there. Yup. <laughs> I, I didn't anticipate it when I put this together but in hindsight yeah you got a pretty good pack there. Um, so let's get into that. Um, which games did you hear and from which year did they come from? Oh, well the, the, the trailer at least. Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire is the first one. That is incorrect. Oh, I knew it was one of the two. Oh, okay. Fine. The second one, Captain Toad, Treasure Tracker. That is correct. And from which year? Well, it would have to be E3 2014. Well, I have to double check. Uh, the, fir- <laughs> the third one. Uh, we Music? From which year? 2007? That is incorrect. That was mm. 2008. Uh, number four. Mario 3D Land from E3 2011. I think you skipped one, but you got the fifth one, right? Oh, you know what? I had... It was Melee was the the one I skipped, I think. Yeah, and which year? Super Smash Bros. Melee. That would be 2001. That is correct, yeah. And the final one? Pikmin 3 mm-hmm. from E3 2012. That is correct. Um, now we have, let's see, we have the first one left. 
Um, and Alison, you may take a, a guess. It's a Pokemon game, so. Um, it comes from the Game Boy Advance era. It is Leaf Green and Fire Red. That is correct from which year? That would be 2003. Can I guess if he gets it wrong? No, oh, no, no, I, no, I guess he has a chance. And no, it's it's 2004, uh, Anderson. Okay. Um, so at the end of that round, um, Alex is ahead with um, 29 and a half, and Anderson is at 17. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go to the third round then. It's all about E3 2014, and we have so much goodness to talk about that we've made a whole diff- different section about it. So hey, that's fun. Uh, once again, these are 15 questions, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, question number one: The Mii's common free varieties in Super Smash Brothers. Name them all. Fighter. Okay. Well, that's not officially the name, but I will give you half a It's point. Brawler, right? Yeah, but... Yeah, he already gets half the point, so you're a bit too late. Um, we... But there are still two others. Swordsman? I will I will give you half a point for that. It's Sword Fighter. Shooter! Blaster? You get a half a... If, if somebody gets the official name for once, I will give you a full point. Zapper? No. Uh, hmm. Gunner, Blaster. Yeah, Gunner. Yeah. <laughs> Which two titles come together in a single package? Bayonetta 1, Bayonetta 2. Hey, hey. Number 3. Intelligent Systems showed off their new game called Conan Steam, but they were also working on Fire Emblem versus Shimigami Tensei. What was their update on this? It's still in the process of being worked on. That's all they really said, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. This piece of, this piece of software will allow you to make your own levels and share Mario them Maker. Mario Maker. Edison was quicker. You can't deny that. Um... Splatoon got the confirmation of a local multiplayer option. How many people can play through this manner? Four? Five. Less. Ooh. Two? Two. Yeah, two. Two only locally. Tezuka would like very much a sequel to this GameCube classic. Super Mario Sunshine. Yes. Uh, number seven is going to be a very interesting one, and I want both of you to get uh, a little screen open where you can, um, like, put some words in. Okay. So, I'm going to... There there are, like, statements from press releases that I find 
either hilarious or just very interesting or just very simple and I want something fun to do with it. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you to fill in the blank and it could be one or multiple words, at least they're all in one string. And after that, I want to ask you what the game is all about. Um, so there are six, like, six of these. And I want you both to write, like, your own answers in, like, a little thing. And at the end, you both have to send them separately my way. So are we guessing the game or a description of the game? You have to fill in the blank. I will say somewhere blank. And you also have to guess the game that the statement was from. Okay, so each one is two parts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the blank could be multiple words, but it could be one word, but it's always, always in one string. Okay. Are we clear on this? Yes. Okay, cool. Number one. Players tangle, pull, and stitch yarn together to explore blanks, willed in new and creative ways. You both have to shout yeah when you're ready. I'm ready. Alex? I'm ready. Cool. Blank marks the spot. Mm-hmm. Ready. Nothing. Okay. Alex? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Um, experience the beauty of blank in stunning HD, a first for the series. Is it okay if the titles I write are, like, abbreviated as long as you know? Like, uh, as, long, know as, as long as I know, it's fine. Okay. I'm ready. Edison, are you ready? Ready. Okay. Your goal is to stop a blank using a security system of 12 cameras. Ready. Ready. Bring your own blank. Mm-hmm. Ready. Ready. The final one. Oh, the final one. Robust blank with distinct areas to explore. And if you're done, you have to send it in a separate chat my way. Okay. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm going to read you now the answers, and then I told you, will tell you how much points you each have. So here we go. The first one. Players tangle pull, and stitch yarn to explore Yoshi's world in creative new ways. Which is, of course, Yoshi's Woolly World. Who knew? Number two, it's X marks the spot. And that one was for 
Xenoblade Chronicles X. Ooh. That's such a lame line. <laughs> yeah, I know. You almost second-guess yourself, yeah. 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 Uh, the third one was ex- Explore the Building of Super Smash Bros. for Wii U in Stunning HD, a first in the series, which is, of course, Super Smash Bros. for Wii U. Uh, the fourth one was your goal is to stop a robot using a security system of 12 cameras and it was Project Guard. Uh, number five is bring your own Bowser for Mario Party 10. Uh... That's dumb. <laughs> number six was robust open world with extinct areas to explore which was fantasy life. Oh, got the wrong game. What a low blow. <laughs> So, at the end, you both got six points. Okay. So, nothing really changes, really. Okay, and then we go to the second half of more quicker questions. Number eight. Nintendo of America says that they're very committed to this service. Which one? Club Nintendo? No. Nintendo Network? No. Pokemon you can Bank. Guess again. No. Virtual console. E three. Yep. Oh yeah, they would. They would lie like that. <laughs> yep. These following games are confirmed to be using Amiibo. Super Smash Brothers Wii U 3DS. Later Super Smash Brothers for 3DS. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart 8. Yoshi's Woolly World. Mm-hmm. I'm still searching Mario for Maker. One. No. Ooh. Won't be Star Fox. Mario Party ten? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Indeed. Miyamoto confirmed that he's working on the following Nintendo franchise. Star, Star Fox. Fox. Hey. This was all of the sudden confirmed. As a Wii oh, U Devil's Third. Exclusive. Devil's Third. Edison was quicker. Uh, are you kidding? No, yeah. he was quicker. Number 12. The following was confirmed to be not part of this main series canon. But very big Hyrule elements. Warriors. The best... Yes, okay. Thanks. Uh, number 13. Reggie stands on the Wii U was kind of firm. What did he believe? All it needs is the right uh, software, and it's it's gonna have propelled momentum throughout the year thanks to Mario Kart. No, he said didn't say either of these things. Uh, it's no. the best value. No. The 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 very marketing esque words I was searching for was a long road ahead of it. Which is the mo- most easiest thing to say ever. <clears throat> Number 14. Miyamoto and Takahashi believe this would be wonderful on Wii U and Nintendo 3DS. Minecraft. Yeah. Indeed, the power of Minecraft. Uh, number 15. During the digital event, a joke was made towards a certain Japanese-only game that they, that people wanted for ages. Mother 3? <laughs> yes, of course, you get it. Um, I will not say the score because we're directly moving on to the next round. Defend the Independence. 
final round is defend the indefensible. Uh, what this means is that you will have to champion a statement um, prepared by the other person for one single minute. Who of you two likes to go first? I'll let Addison go first. Alright. How charming you are. Addison, are you ready? Sure. Give it to okay. me. Your statement is, I have never been more excited for a video game than I am for Devil's Fur. Your time starts now. Well, it actually seems like it could be the first legitimate multiplayer online game for the Wii U other than Mario Kart 8. And it's just got crazy action. It's going to be a cinematic masterpiece. I mean, if you played any of the Ninja Gaiden games, you just know that the NES Ninja Gaidens are terrible, and this is the true Ninja Gaiden right here. These are the true action games. Just throw away everything else you've thought of when it comes to action games. It's actually the perfect game for the Wii U target audience. I just think, you know, Nintendo likes to target kids a lot, and I just think this game is perfect for that demographic. Um, it's completely family-friendly. It's crazy. I've seen screenshots that have rainbow-colored chickens in it, and I think if you're trying to think of something to put in the game, what could be better than rainbow-colored chickens? So, I think it's going to be amazing. It's, it's the Wii U salvation right there. I think and they're going to fall off the shelf. Done. So, that was good. Thank um, you. No problem. Alex, are you ready now? Am I? <laughs> You see, you don't don't seem ready. I'm ready. Okay. Your statement is: Super Smash Brothers is canon for all franchises involved. Your one minute starts now. Super Smash Brothers is canon for all franchises involved, because not only does Smash Brothers have no canon, but the canon for other games also doesn't exist. I mean, we know Ice Climbers is a game about Nana and Popo, who gives a shit? We know Mario is Mario over and over again, it's basically the same story, I see it as one long continuation of Groundhog Day. And don't even get me started on Zelda. Zelda not only constantly changes its canon, but by the time it actually officially got that timeline out there, by the time it officially got that timeline out there that everyone was hoping for for so long, it made no fucking sense, even compared to all of the fan documentation that people spent more time on. People spent 800 pages defining where Majora's Mask falls compared to which timeline compared to Wind Waker, and Miyamoto shits it out of his ass in two seconds, and everyone and goes crazy. And stop. Ah. You know, Ed Edison won this one. Yeah. Because he started and finished the fight in a minute. That's true. I, I, I was honestly expecting uh, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire is the worst game in the Pokemon franchise. And I would have been so ready for that one. I don't know. I feel like but you know what? people understand you the flaws me. in their least favorite... I mean, their favorite games. Like, yeah. People are able to see the flaws. I had no idea where to go with that one. So I salute you both on trying to swing something on Devil's Third as the Wii U Salvation and also giving me a question I couldn't possibly answer in a minute without thinking about it. <laughs> so my only solution was to shit on everyone's story. Well, you you mostly shit on Zelda's story. Because that that was that was my real speed bump. 
Well, if I couldn't well, get over I, I, the Zelda I do cannon. think I do think it's an, a bit of an easy target, but there you go. Fair enough. But unfortunately, Edison still lost. No! <laughs> Edison ended at 39 points and a half, and Alex at 42. Ooh. You know what? At the very least, Edison won the best battle of all. I feel like I lost even though I won. So I salute you for that. And it was super close this time. I mean, what's three points and a half on on an entire game? Like, not much. So I'm still totally undefeated. <laughs> That's true. You're totally undefeated. Out of my two times, I am totally undefeated. So, so what are you going to do with your fake dollars? Uh, I don't know. By love. By love, okay. So you're gonna have um, a one-one with Samus Aran. Okay, cool. Is that an offer? I, I guess everything is possible in the canon of this. <laughs> Sounds like a show, guys. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on this quiz. Did you guys have fun? I had fun. Uh, minus the whole Zelda bashing, it was a great experience. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. Good night, everybody. Night. Bye. Bye. I was letting my cat say bye for me. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to send your listener mail questions to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com, and if you've got a moment, please rate and review the show on iTunes. Thank you.